Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. It is our final podcast for the year 2022. It is the final event for UFC for 2022, and it is a good one. Along with me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN 1000 You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We thank you for downloading and listening to us throughout the year of 2022. And Jordan, before we get into this UFC fight night between these two guys here coming up later on, we have to recap a little bit of the pay-per-view from the last UFC pay-per-view where there was some issues with the judging and maybe some results coming into question from that UFC pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, the, the fight the fight card, the pay-per-view, was really centered around Patty Pimblett, uh, you know, in the co-main event slot after Yuri Prohaska had to withdraw, uh, relinquish the title, and Glover Teixeira didn't want a title fight. So, you know, yeah, it was centered on Patty Pimblett, and... His fight with Jared Gordon uh, should not have been scored 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards for him. Um, Jared Gordon should have won the fight 29-28. Most people scored it that way, and because really of really because of the issues that came up with um, with 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 Kraus, the coach that's under scrutiny now at the UFC, and Derek Minner, the fighter that 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 took a dive and, and, and sports gambling and betting on the UFC uh, being, being not something that UFC fighters can participate in. And then there was a very controversial scorecard uh, for Bellator's card on Friday night. It is really shining a spotlight on judging or really the lack thereof on yeah. proper judging mm-hmm. in this sport. And, Questions are being asked when they normally would not be, um, and answers are being, you know, answers are wanted by by this. And look, I, I, I've been watching this sport a long time, Abdal. You know that. Like, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of fights where I've said, "Okay, fine, this fight probably should have been scored that way." Um, if this if if this fight had occurred five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, even. It would have went down as probably one of those robbery scorecards, but you could have made an argument. Okay, Pimblet did this, but because of like him and the star power and the need, and now with everything coming into fruition with sports gambling and the the, the controversies that I just alluded to with James Krause and, and, and Dirk Minter, something something has to be done. Something has to be done with this sport, with judging, with the criteria for scoring. So we continue to not have to talk about this, and we get to actually talk about the fights that we want to handicap uh, for tomorrow night. Well, how about the main event, too? I mean, there were some issues. that There was not a draw. There's no way that that fight, the way it ended, too, where you had a dude just beating on top with complete ground control for most of the, of the final two rounds and then just hammering elbows and fists into the head, and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's a draw. No, it's not. It's not a draw because of the – I wouldn't say – look, if it was a draw, if that was the fight that was supposed to take place in that main event, I would have said, fine, draw. But because you had a vacated title and then you had to – this was going to be a new champion because the two guys that were supposed to fight aren't actually fighting. Like, it just rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, okay, well, why didn't – like, all right, well, now – because now you're going to get the fight that everybody wanted for the title because the title's still vacant. Like, it's not – 
Like you had a draw, so like it's stupid. Like I, there's so many things that go that went into that card where you're just like it raises your eyebrow and you're like, what's going on with tonight? Yeah, and, like, well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the stupidity of like both guys and how they approach the fight. You know, Blahovich and, and Ankalaev left a lot to be desired, but like at the end of the day, like you know, it's 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 Dana White making decisions and then everybody else having to follow along with them. I'm quite literally like this was the light heavyweight title fight, and yes, like circumstances probably put. Dana White into a, a corner and he had to make a decision because you have to put a title fight, or we should hope to put a title fight at, at the, the headline of our pay-per-view. But quite literally, the fight is going on and he's making a decision. Well, whatever whatever happens in this fight, I'm going to make a new title fight next month, um, which is going to be a sick fight. And like now the card in Brazil with Golbert Tejera and Jamal Hill is going to be awesome like because now that's yeah. the headliner and you've got Figueredo and... Uh, Moreno four as a co-headliner. That fight card will be sick, and like we're going to get spoiled because it's going to be a great light heavyweight title fight. And Glover Teixeira is going to actually defend the title or get a chance to become again the light heavyweight champion in Brazil. But like, yeah, I think the bigger issue for me is just this: just Dana White having complete one hundred percent control, and you know, on a minimum, on like what he wants to do. Uh, and well, and then with, you've got the, the videos fights, now too uh, of like. Fighters. You've got videos going around too of like the the Gordon Patty Pimblett fight at the end where Joe Rogan is even surprised by the result, and then you've got the video of of you know uh, Dana White who's smiling at the end like very slyly because he's like his guy got the win because they're clearly trying to prop up uh, Patty Pimblett, and if Gordon would have won that fight, that would have kind of not put an end to Pimblett, but it would have halted his rise in the UFC as someone who is, you know, on the, has all of the Twitter followers and the Instagram followers and the barstool backing and all that kind of stuff. And like, okay, he goes out and loses to a guy who wasn't a favorite, who was a big underdog in this fight. And if he would have lost that fight or drew that fight, people would have been like, well, see, he's all hype and no talk. And that would have kind of halted the next like star. I'm not saying he's going to be Conor McGregor, but UFC needs that guy they, that they need star power. They I mean, need look, star we could power. Talk about it four or five months ago. It was mm-hmm. somewhat controversial that that Sean O'Malley won his fight against yeah. Peter Yan. Like, you know, but again, like you go you, you go back and you watch that fight, like, okay, fine, maybe you could argue that O'Malley won the fight, but at the end of the day, he's a star. So like the UFC needs him to win fights. Yeah. Patty Pimblett's a star. They need him to win fights. Yeah. Like the UFC will go on and like it'll have fight cards and they'll put on pay per views, but it needs star power. It Absolutely. needs people that are going to get together with their buddies at a local bar and go and watch and like, hey, I'm going to go watch Conor McGregor. Fight. Well, yeah, you like, need the you need the casuals, right? You need the casual like it's, fans. It's, it's this time of year mm-hmm. where like when I would get together with at Thanksgiving or the holidays with like my cousins and my aunts and my uncles, and when they would either ask me about a fighter or I would say, hey, do you know who this is? Yeah. That would be the judgment on if that fighter is mm-hmm. actually popular. Well, and, and like, like, you know, and they've had those guys in the, past, in the past. Conor McGregor is the guy that everyone would want to go see, even if you were not a UFC diehard like you are, you know, like if you're just a, a casual fan who's like, oh, Conor's fighting? All right, I'll buy that. I'll get my friends together and we'll watch that fight. Because of because just of the name and right now, I don't know if uh, if if the UFC has someone like that where you can just go and say, hey, uh, do you want to go watch this fight at a bar or whatever, or do you want to get this pay per view? Because it, it look, it's 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 the two guys are Pimblet and O'Malley. Like yeah. that, John Jones is, doesn't have a fight book. Mm-hmm. Conor McGregor is apparently returning, but he's not fighting yet. He's put on sixty like, pounds of muscle or something like that. Yeah, I mean, too. look, I mean, like Carmen DeFalco, you know, uh, you know, comes up to me. He's like, when, "When's Patty fighting?" Like, yeah, he, he wants to know when Patty's fighting. Yeah, 
You know, um, so those are the two. Like, there, there really isn't anybody else that, that, that carries that. I need to stop what I'm doing and watch this person fight. No, it doesn't. Well, let's move on to our final fight card of the year. You've got Jared Canyonier against Sean Strickland. We'll get to that fight in a little bit, but let's start with the opener of the main card, Cody Brundage against Michael Olajacek. You've got him. He's the minus 295 favorite. This is a middleweight fight. Cody Brundage is plus 220. Brundage is as a uh, pair of first-round stoppage fights in, in, uh, uh, in 2022. Olajacek made his, uh, made his first eight UFC appearances at light heavyweight. He was four and three uh, with one no contest, but now he's at 185 in the middleweight, and middleweight's very crowded uh, in the middleweight division, mm-hmm. so this should be a good fight here at middleweight, but you've got Ola Jacek, the heavy favorite at minus 295. Yeah, well, my first, absolutely my play on this fight is the under. This fight is not going to the judges' scorecards. One of these two guys is going to get finished, and, and quite frankly get finished rather early. If you don't want to lay the juice, you know, you go under to two and a half, I'll even recommend it at under one and a half, which is, I think, a dower 05 mm-hmm. um, at, at FanDuel. OJ Tech's a very good striker. I'm still not sold if middleweight is the right weight class for him. His his middleweight debut against was against Sam Alvey, and I love Sam Alvey, but that dude has not been UFC-worthy in five years. Uh, I mean, I think he was like 0-9-1 in 10 fights. So... A victory over him at middleweight doesn't say to me that Ola Jacek is yet ready for 185. Cody Brundage is taking this fight on short notice. He looked fine on the scale. He's your typical wrestler with a strong overhand right. And you're right that he did have two very impressive first-round finishes uh, earlier this year. And I think he could get another one. Ola Jacek at light heavyweight struggled with guys that looked to take the fight to the ground. You know, ground and pound him, control him, maybe look for a submission. And I think Cody Brundage can bring that to the table. The issue is that Cody Brundage has taken some damage in those first-round stoppages um, where he's had to eat a couple of punches. And eating, eating a punch against Tristian Gore is a lot different than eating a punch against uh, Michael Olajacek. So what I'll say is I, 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 I've been uh, granted – Granted, I, I've been benefited from playing Cody <laughs> Brundage a few times this year as the dog. So I do like him once again, uh, a small sprinkle Ooh. on him to pull off the upset. But my play, my my confidence would be a finish. And, and there's a lot of juice you got to lay uh, for that. But I do believe someone is getting uh, their lights taken out. Uh, to open up this main card. Well, the under, as you mentioned, is uh, 105 at minus uh, 110 right now. And then if you're looking by method of victory, uh, Brundage to win by knockout is plus 850 if you think it's going to go that way. To win by decision is plus 650, or submission, excuse me, but to win by submission is plus 650. And then if you're looking at uh, Ola Jaychuk to win by knockout, that's minus 105. So that's the way Vegas is looking. So you're just saying be safe. Don't take either guy. Maybe a little sprinkle. Listen, it is the holiday season. You're eating a lot of holiday cookies probably. You're eating a lot of Christmas cookies or sprinkles on them. We're going to do a little sprinkle on that too. Not sprinkles on the ice cream cone this time. We're going to be cookies, uh, sprinkles on cookies this time, Jordan. That's what we're doing. We're sprinkling on cookies because it's too cold to be eating ice cream. It's freezing outside. It's snowing. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then you've got the under, one, uh, under 105 like you mentioned. So that's the way you're going in that one, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like smaller cage at the apex. Mm-hmm. OJ Tech's not going to be able to utilize the footwork and movement. So Brundage, he, he gets a takedown. You know, OJ Tech might not get back up. So 
Uh, I think under for sure because I worry about the chin and, and the striking of Olajacek early on in the fight. But I think under at one and a half, under at two and a half because uh, this fight will not go to the judges' scorecards. Our next fight is Drew Dauber against Bobby Green. Bobby Green plus one twenty-four uh, is the underdog. Drew Dauber minus one sixty. Uh, Bobby Green has fought pretty a lot. You know, he's got a unanimous yeah. decision over uh, Nasrat Hasparat in uh, at UFC 271. And then two weeks later, he stepped in for Benil Dariush and uh, lost to Islam Makachev. So we've seen him recently, and Dauber is, is uh, knocking on the door of the top 15, and he wants to, you know, solidify himself up there in that in that ranking. Both these guys like to stand up fight. This could be another boxing battle between uh, these two fighters. So how do you see this one going? Yeah, I, I think it will. I mean, Dover's, Dover's an explosive fighter. He's never in a boring fight. The dude, uh, you know, has in, in wins and losses like his, 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 his victory or his victory over Terrence McKinney was awesome. The, the, the fight against Brad Riddell was, was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, he, he packs a lot of power. Um, Bobby Green has fought the who's who in the lightweight division. He's been in the UFC forever. You thought he'd be retired, but then he comes back and he looks even more impressive. He's a very slick boxer. And he's a guy also that really doesn't get finished unless, you know, you're Islam Makachev and you're ground and pounding him. And, uh, it's a, you know, a, t- a fight you're taking on two weeks notice, um, <laughs> being the sacrificial so, lamb essentially to Islam Makachev. Exactly. So like, look, I like this matchup for Bobby Green. I, 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 I think Drew Dober, like, to win fights needs to knock you out. And Bobby Green's got good movement, good shoulder rotation, good footwork, and a very slick boxer that I don't think he's going to get caught up uh, in a big firefight uh, and, and have Dober land something. The issue, I think, if you're backing Bobby Green is, well, does Dober revert back to some wrestling and look for some takedowns? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to side with Bobby Green, and I'm going to even further it and say Bobby Green via decision. Now, it, it, there is a little bit of a risk because Bobby Green has been on the the wrong side of a few times of a judge's scorecard, but I I, I think Bobby Green's going to win the fight, and I don't think he's going to finish Drew Dober. So I'm going to just add a little bit more and take it straight up Bobby Green via decision as the underdog to win the fight. Love that. So Bobby Green as an underdog just in general is plus 125, and then Bobby Green to win by decision plus 200 right now. So those are fantastic odds. Uh, obviously, the over there at 2.5 is minus 180. So Vegas believes that this fight will go over as well. And then if you're looking to go the other way, uh, Dober is by decision is plus 225. And then to win by knockout is also plus 225. But we'll go with Bobby Green there. The dogs are barking again. I love it. I love it. Love when the dogs are barking. That's great. So, and then t- 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 by decision too, at two to one, that's even better. Our next fight: Alex Caceres against Julian Arosa, Juicy J, who I love. I love that nickname. It's a great nickname. You know, I'm a sucker for a good nickname. Juicy J is a good one. I'm a big Juicy J fan as a rapper, so uh, I-, I enjoy the, the <laughs> him being a-, a favorite here. Is minus one seventy two. Uh, Alex Caceres is plus one thirty four, and this has a potential to be fight of the night. Of these dudes like to go at it fa- very fast. And very swiftly, and this could uh, end quickly, and this could be a candidate for a uh, fight of the night too, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, we're spoiled to have Dober Green, and then followed it up with Caceres and, and uh, Julian Arosa. Um, you know, credit for credit's due, Julian Arosa, third go around in the UFC, and he's finally figured mm-hmm. it out. Uh, fights with tremendous pressure, got some toughness, great cardio, slick submissions, and I think. Like this is a good matchup for him because what's what's caused issues for Julian Arosa in the past is is guys that can match him on a skill set but carry some power. 
And that's not Bruce Leroy, uh, Alec Caceres' game. Like, he's also a volume fighter uh, that's going to, you know, pitter-pat his way to, to maybe get you to the ground and then look for uh, a slick submission. So I, I think these both these guys match up very well with each other, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean a little bit more on the, the variety of striking and a little bit of power edge that Arosa carries compared to that of Caceres for him just to be a straight-up money line play uh, for him. I think Julian Arosa has figured himself out, uh, figured out what, what works for him inside the octagon. Um, and again, I think it's a favorable matchup for him stylistically. And you know this, you know, Abdallah, when I, when I like both fighters and both guys have strong skill sets, I look for matchups. Mm-hmm. And just like in the Bobby Green-Dober matchup where the boxing is going to carry favor for Bobby Green, I just think that the, the lack of power for Caceres is going to carry favor for Arosa. So I like Arosa just straight up win the fight, Dower 70 at FanDuel. All right, yeah, that, those are horrible odds. We'll try to put that into a parlay and maybe add a couple fights to it as well. But Arosa to win by decision is plus 175. Arosa to win by knockout is plus 380. And Arosa to win by submission is plus 500. Uh, the over under in this uh, fight is 2.5, and, and it's minus 165 to the over, plus 135 to the under. Anything there that uh, you would take a look at or just straight I, up I don't, Arosa? I don't think so. I, 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 you know, I, like, I, like guy, I like both those guys as finishers because they're very good with like hurting their opponent and then getting the fight to the ground and looking for a submission. Both guys can do that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to do that to each other. I think it just cancels each other out. Uh, and I think they, they, they match up very well on the ground. And like I said, I, I don't think anything from a striking standpoint, either one's going to knock each other out. So just Julian or us is straight up on the line. All right, our next fight. The co-main event, Arman Sarukian against Amir Ismagulov. Ismagulov is plus 165. Uh, Sarukian is minus 215. This is a light heavyweight fight. This should be a very good one as well. Ismagulov, he's 31. He's on a 19-fight winning streak. He's got his first five victories in the UFC. Uh, this should be a very, I mean, a, a decent, I, I think it's going to be a, a good fight because you've got a dude who's minus 215 against a guy who's undefeated. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the dogs are barking for this one for you. I mean, Sarukian has had some decent fights, uh, but I, I think this one's going to be closer than the minus 215 that it says. Yeah, I, I, look, I think, I think at the end of the day, like, it jo- jokingly say, like, I, I don't think, like, the handicappers and, like, I don't think people know who either one of these guys are. <laughs> like, and, and, and they're two of the top lightweights we have in, in the UFC. Like, both of these guys are fantastic fighters. Um, I mean, Sarukian probably should be favored because of his, his overall game. Like, his, he's evolving as a striker, very good takedowns. Obviously, people make a, a lot of note of, about his UFC debut, which was a short-notice loss to Islam Makachev. But people think he was extremely competitive. It might have been the most competitive fight that Makachev has had in the UFC. Um, you know, Sarukian is coming off a loss. It was his first you know, time to be showcased. And he just lost to, uh, you know, Gamrot the last time out. So has he gotten better? Um, the issue that I think that if you're backing Usman Gulov is, is he going to be able to get takedowns? Because he, he has not. He's like 0 for 6 and 0 for 4, respectively, in his last two fights. Um, he's a better stand-up fighter, I think, than Sarukian. But um, I think that he's going to have to work in some takedowns, and that's, that's a big task uh, against Sarukian. Uh, I, I don't favor either guy. Um, I, I don't even want to recommend Uzmagulov as the underdog because I worry about the, the grappling acumen of uh, Sarukian. And Uzmagulov, just like he, he's not popular because he's got five wins and all of them are via decision in the UFC. So 
It's not going to be a juicy play, but if I have to play this fight, Abdallah, I'm going on the over at two and a half, and that's heavily juiced to the over. I think it's two fifteen at FanDuel or something like that. But yeah. I mean, yeah, the over two and a half is minus two sixty five right now, so that's pretty juicy. Yes, exactly. So I mean, both both guys from a skill set um, kind of cancel each other out. It's it's a very important fight. Obviously, there's no way Saruki can lose two fights in a row. Who's Magulov? You know, has a has a pretty good resume, but again, he's just been underwhelming you know with 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 five five decisions so um it's well, almost a stay away what we'll do we'll throw the over in we'll throw the over two and a half into the parlay with uh julian arosa julian arosa okay yeah so we'll do that so we'll add to that we'll add that to the parlay uh obviously if you want to go with sarukian by decision that's plus 130 if you want to go with isma gulov by decision that's plus 240 so vegas believes that this will go to the judge's scorecard hopefully there's no shenanigans in it and <laughs> then they believe that Armand Sarukian will also win via decision at plus 130. Anything else on this fight before we move to our main event? No, no. I think Again, it's, there's some, there's a lot of question marks. I think we'll try and learn some things about Sarukian and his Magulov. We actually might not uh, with, the, with whoever ends up winning the fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think it's I, I think this is uh, uh, one of these fights where you just hope it's good and it goes to the judges' scorecard because it is that co-main event and you want it to be... If it's going to be a good fight, you want it to go the distance so it lasts all three rounds, right? Like, you want it to be a decent back-and-forth fight and hopefully it's not just dudes, you know, just laying on each other and stuff like that and just trying to kill time. Uh, our main event for the final UFC event of the year in 2022. Jared Canyonier, minus 110 against Sean Strickland, minus 115. Both these guys are technically favorites. Canyonier is a slightly other favorite, I guess. This is the closest matchup on the card, and it just so happens to be your main event. Canyonier returns for the first time since coming up short uh, against Israel Adesanya. Did you know this, Jordan? Did you know this? I don't know if this is factoring into your handicapping. I don't know if this is factoring into your thing, into, into your stats and whatever. Did you know this? Three out of the last four years, the final fight of the year for the UFC has ended inside the distance. It has not. Uh, I'm not three of the last four years. Three of the um, last four years. That's a trend. That's a trend. A trend. Well, okay, fine. Then if if then you probably have to side on on Cannoneer because okay. Cannoneer's a guy that could get finishes and has gotten finishes. He carries power. From the first round through the fifth round, he's going to have an opportunity to land something. We've seen Sean Strickland be knocked out, not just in his last fight against uh, the the Grim Reaper and Alex Pereira, but in previous fights as well. Jared Kinnear also has extremely lethal leg kicks, and that's an issue for a guy that's in Sean Strickland that likes to come and move forward, stand behind his jab, and look to just out-volume you, out-box you in a fight. Sean Strickland fights are so hard to handicap because you don't know what his mental state is heading into the fight and if he's going to actually follow a viable game plan. And I'm not speaking to you as an angry handicapper because I did have him beating Alex Pereira. I thought he was going to utilize wrestling. He decided to stand and trade with, with the middleweight champ, and we know how that ended pretty quickly for Sean Strickland. If he does the same thing, I have confidence over five rounds, Jared Cannonier can land something and turn Sean Strickland's lights out. However, if Sean Strickland just stays behind the jab and frustrates Cannonier and then maybe goes for some wrestling, like he fights smart and does some wrestling, like it's going to be an issue for Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier has struggled, you know, at times to pull the trigger and then if, or, you know, deal with 
uh, you know, some of that, some of that wrestling that, that, that Sean Strickland can, can bring. Um, if you're asking me to pick a winner in this fight, I'm going to side with Jared Cannonier because I think Sean Strickland is untrustworthy. There were some rumors going around. He had some issues on the scale. He didn't look great when he weighed in on Friday afternoon. He did make weight, but he didn't look great. And he was like kind of teasing that maybe he can't make the cut to 185 anymore. And for a guy that I can't trust the game plan, that I don't think is going to use wrestling, Jared Cannonier's got those good leg kicks, good power, one, rounds one through five. I'm going to take Cannonier to, to bounce back and get a win. All right, so Cannonier minus 110 against Sean Strickland in that. If you want to look at some method of victor- victories here, Cannonier to win by decision is plus 330. Cannonier to win by submission is plus 900. And to win by knockout is plus 250. So the odds makers believe that this is actually... See, so here's how it is. So Cannonier and Strickland are... Strickland's minus 115. Cannonier is minus 110. But if you go to the method of victory, Strickland has the most favorable method of victory at, at decision at plus 180, whereas if you go Canyoneer by decision, that's plus 330. So Vegas either believes that this is going to win, uh, this is going to go to Strickland by decision, or if Canyoneer is going to win, he's going to win by knockout. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, both of those guys, that's how they win fights. Canyoneer's got the crazy power that he possesses. You were saying earlier that the dude used to fight at heavyweight. I mean, he carries that heavyweight power. Uh, and Sean Strickland's a volume guy, a guy that's just going to frustrate you, get you, get you in your face. I mean, he has knocked some people out before. Brendan Allen, uh, he knocked out, but like more so than not, he's just going to just really just try and outwork you, be in your face for five rounds, talk shit to you also in the cage, mm-hmm. which is one of the other things that he likes to do. Um, but I just, I, I just don't think it's, 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 it's trustworthy enough. There isn't, I don't have the confidence. Sean Strickland has to prove it to me now that he's going to fight smart and fight as a wrestler. Um, until he does, I'm going to probably pick against him every time. If it ends inside the distance, you can text me and be like, hey, you were right. Remember, three out of the last four, and now four out of the last five. If it doesn't, <laughs> just don't just ignore it. Just don't text me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give just you a lot of love. Yeah, yeah, just don't, don't text me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just don't text not, me. I won't, I won't <laughs> That's how it works. Anything in the uh, undercard that you like that we should be taking a look at? Uh, look, I, I think recency bias is probably favoring a little bit of uh, Jake Matthews is the big favorite over uh, the semi, the Jedi. Love the nickname. You talked about nicknames on mm-hmm. Star Wars Freak. So mm-hmm. Matthew Semlisberger, maybe a small look as a big underdog. He's 255 right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, 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 I, 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 Jake Matthews looks great. Like people say, like, he's finally coming into it his own. He's been in the USC forever, but like he debuted when he was like 17. So, um, Maybe there's a risk there, but I'll take a small a small play on that. Maybe Jake Matthews overvalued a little bit, and Semblesberger is a little undervalued. Okay, so our our plays here are your plays, really, that I'm just going to play uh, for our final fight card of 2022. Ola Jaychuk under one and a half, Bobby Green plus 125, uh, Julian Arosa straight up at minus 165, and Jared Canyonier minus 110, and then also Bobby Green by decision at plus 200, and then our 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 Christmas cookie sprinkle. Sprinkle for you is uh, Brundage by uh, at plus 240 to win that fight at plus 240. Just a sprinkle at plus 240. And then our parlay, it's only two fights. It's only a two-leg uh, parlay here. Juliana Rosa minus 165 and the over two and a half in Sarukian and Ismagulov at minus 165. That comes out to plus 121. So it's not bad. Bet 100 to win 120 or bet... 10 to win 12, whatever you want to do. That's not a bad parlay at only two legs. Well, I like that. a couple of things I just want to make sure. Yeah, so the OJ Tech Brundage, it's it's the under in that fight. 
small play on Brundage. I think you just want yeah. to be clear because he said OJ check under, but yeah. OJ check Brundage, that that's the fight that we like the under. Yes. For the parlay, why don't you throw in Cheyenne Vlismas? I think she's a dollar ninety favorite. I think she just overwhelms Corey McKenna. Let's bump up that parlay a little bit more. All right, so we add that. That takes it to plus 244. Love it. Let's do it. I like that. That's good. So Cheyenne uh, Lismas at, at minus 180. That bumps that up to plus 244. Just a little under two and a half to one. That's perfect. I love that. Well, listen, uh, this has been a great year for this new podcast. We started it. We appreciate everybody listening and everybody, you know, watching the fights with us and chiming in and, and continuing to download and support uh, the unnamed MMA podcast. Maybe we'll have a name next year. I doubt it. But people keep asking me, like, like, are we going to have? I, no, why? this is the name. This really, is the name. Like, the name is the unnamed MMA podcast. That's, yeah, that's the bit, the name. people. That's right. the bit. Um, but no, sincerely, uh, thank you to, uh, to you, Jordan, for carrying me through this podcast. I really appreciate it as someone, (laughs) no, seriously, as someone who's like new to this, like I didn't, you know, like to be fair, like let's, let's let the people in on the secret. I don't care. Uh, Danny Zetterman, our director of content came to us and said that he wanted to start a a UFC podcast and was, was, did I want to host it with you? And I was like, sure, I'll host it. I don't, I don't know that much about it. I like it. I enjoy watching it, but I've never been like someone who knows all these names and, You've helped me a lot through this uh, process through this year, and we'll have a great year next year. So thank you to you for, for uh, putting up with my mispronunciation of names and, and asking you uh, them before we start the podcast and everything like that. So thank you to you for, for putting up with me, essentially, for this year. It's been great. It's been great. I enjoy it every single week. Uh, we've become friends. Yeah. So we needed a podcast to do it, but it happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh yeah, on to bigger and better things in uh, 2023. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Make sure you follow Jordan on Twitter, uh, Wood on ESPN 1000. Get all of his picks, so the ones we gave out and more, at FatJackSports.com. It's bowl season. Sign up for the bowl picks. Sign up for the rest of the NFL season. You've got the NBA, college basketball. Every single sport except for baseball is going on right now, so make sure you sign up at Fat Jack Sports uh, for those picks, for Jordan's picks, for all the other picks as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Once again, for Jordan Sherwood and myself, Thank you very much for listening to this podcast this year. We will be back next year when the UFC returns. Happy holidays, everybody, and thank you once again for listening to the unnamed MMA podcast.